Today is February 28th, 2024, and welcome to Read Through the New Testament. Hey guys, I have a guest today. It is my father. Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> I am uh, in DeKalb, uh, spending some time with him, and uh, it's just a, a precious time for us. My mom is very sick on hospice, and so I'm down here just uh, spending spending the day with him, and um, so I thought maybe he would join us for reading today. So we're reading uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 28 and following. This is the uh, triumphal entry um, and just the last days of Jesus, this last week in Jesus' life. Luke, Luke 19. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it, so those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Just what, mm-hmm. a, what, a, what a great view there of just Jesus is going to be praised. Whether people praise him or not, the stones will praise him. Okay, verse 41. Okay, this is about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you... Even you had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone unturned because... You did not know the time of your visitation. Yeah. And this even happened uh, when the Roman soldiers surrounded Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Uh, this very thing <clears throat> happened. They surrounded the city and killed anybody who tried to escape, and they tried to starve out the city and eventually sacked Jerusalem and overtook the temple. Um, verse 45, And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes, and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. Yep, and this is um, easy to summarize, right? The triumphal entry and Jesus warning Jerusalem. And this is the last week of Jesus' ministry. We've been through this before in Mark's, in Matthew's gospel, uh, Matthew 21 through 28 talks about the last week of Jesus. 
and in Mark's Gospel, Mark 11 through 16. And so now here with the last week of the life of Jesus. So, so cherish it. This is our third time through, and we'll have one more when we look at John. Okay, also we're going to read from Hebrews. We're going to read Hebrews 3 and 4. Um, this is continuing the theme of Jesus being greater than Moses. Um, we've seen in chapters 1 and 2 about Jesus is better than the angels. Now he's better than Moses. We're going to see in chapter 4 how he's better than Aaron. Um, but we're going to also get a warning section. Um, this is crucial in terms of Hebrews is that Jesus is so much better. Don't fall away. Don't desert Jesus. Keep following after him. That's the warning section beginning in verse 7. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. And therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. And therefore, I was provoked with this that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers. And here's the warning. Just, just listen for the warning. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold fast our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. And chapter 4 just continues the thought, so hardly, <coughs> hardly take notice of the chapter division. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have fa failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. As he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in, in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again, in this passage, he said, They shall not enter my rest. And since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, 
and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterwards, in the words were already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter the rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the world for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay, so guys, so helping with your summaries, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 6, really talking about how Jesus is greater than Moses. And then the warning section comes in the second half. And, and the core of that is, as he says, right, don't harden your hearts. That's, that's the key there. And then as it continues on in chapter 4, the, uh, the warning is that there's a rest. So don't fail to enter the rest is uh, like verse 11. Strive to enter that rest. That would be a good summary. And then uh, we're just being introduced to what a high priest is. We have a, a great high priest. That's the end of chapter 4. So I know you guys can do your summaries, and thanks for joining us, Dad. You're welcome. All right. It was, it was fun. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Goodbye.